You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Back at it. Same corner, same time. It's time to hit the mutts. How y'all feeling? Good, man. It was it was great to have a bye week. I had myself uh, another weekend uh, for the uh, for the history books. I ended up at a reggae festival, my first ever reggae festival uh, over in St. Pete. Beautiful weather, beautiful vibes. Uh, but uh, I had an old co-worker in time from uh, Nashville uh, for Reggae Rise Up, and, and we had ourselves a, a weekend, to say the least. Shots to Reggae Rise Up. Usually good vibes at reggae concerts. They're very good vibes. How was your weekend, Nick? Uh, had a wedding out in the country. Uh, we? I like the bi vibes. Wedding out in the country. Had a wedding out in the country. Um, I think they – so the couple had gotten – they were supposed to get married – during COVID, plans got canceled, so they eloped. So it wasn't even like a wedding. It was just like, hey, come have – it was like skipping the, the actual wedding and just like, hey, come drink and party. Um, so that was, that was a different vibe. No, not a shotgun wedding. Okay. <laughs> not a shotgun wedding. Uh, but it was with uh, the girl – one of the girlfriends – it was, it was with the girlfriend's coworker. so I didn't really know anyone there. But uh, all you have to do is say you're a journalist that covers Florida and – got people talking to you all night long not many happy people but people how talking the, all night how long. was the music how was how was the dancing vibes those are things that i care about uh it's sure. it was very very white country is how the dancing was uh oh, very was good. shania twain was played uh, huh? a lot of country music played oh, i've seen nick out on the dance floor for man i feel like a woman no no, no? <laughs> not me mm. i leave the day i leave the wedding dancing to dan that's true but yeah chill Chill week for me. Uh, after seven straight weekends, after seven straight weekends uh, of traveling, and uh, it was nice to get a weekend off. Uh, now I got five more, five more weekends. A lot of traveling too. Got to go to both Columbia's, which are dumps, uh, <laughs> and, Jackson, and Jacksonville this weekend. Another dump. Uh, oh my god! So <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Throw I had to. to Dan. Throw I, I, the I had to. I had to. I had to. Uh, Jacksonville's a fine, beautiful city. Like, don't ever get off on Mud Creek, Dan. It's gonna be. I want to be bad there. Times for you. I, I think the, the 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 three of us will be there in about uh, about three weeks. So um, Jacksonville will get to smell my cologne. No, uh, this is a public service announcement. I don't actually hate Jacksonville. It's all just like a running like bit. Um, so please don't get offended. It's just a joke. I, I don't uh, dislike your fair city. Uh, there's far worse cities uh, in Florida than Jacksonville. So you guys can finally stop uh, blocking me and, and sending me DMs yeah. me about how much I, I'm disrespecting their city. It's so, not a good time, man. People are on the edge of their seats uh, right now, Dan. They're ready to cancel somebody and, and lash out. So that's I get apology. it. The best restaurant it. you have to go to is an Applebee's. I get it. So um, Nick, I'll say this. Columbia, South don't Carolina. Don't get caught in the crossfire, Dan. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Columbia, South Carolina. Actually, that five oh. points area. I know it's probably a little old for me now. It's been about you know 12 years since the famous Dan Thompson train arrest incident of uh, 2010, but or 2009. But but 
Five points is where it's at, Nick. I can see you thriving there. Uh, went one time. Went to five points one time. Um, just listen, there's just not. I, I did. I did the road trip um, a couple of years ago with the girlfriend. We went to Savannah. Beautiful, beautiful time in Savannah. Beautiful Savannah city. Uh, then we went to Columbia, and she looked around. She's like, "Are we in Ohio?" And I'm like, "Basically, basically, this is the middle of nowhere." And then we hit up Charleston after that. Another beautiful city. Oh, so what a beautiful so city. The state of South Carolina has some beauty to it. It's just not in sure Yeah, Greenville's nice. Um, there's a lot of nice Myrtle parts Beach. of South Carolina. Yeah, Myrtle Beach is nice. Um, Great golfing up there. Just Columbia is just, uh, just a dump. You have some suburbs of Charlotte, too. Uh, so, how was your weekend, my friend? Oh, it was cool, man. A lot of relaxation. I took a bye week with the, with the uh, players as well, man. Team took a break. I took a break. Um, hit the green market downtown with the wife. Uh, just vibed and kicked it down there. The green market, as in a farmer's market or a different type of green? Yeah, like a farmer's market. Oh, okay. Yeah, that type of vibes. Had some, some brunch, live band. Picture, pictures of the lead. Yeah, it was vibed out. It was vibed out. Um, good times down there, man. I didn't watch any football till around four o'clock, man. Just, just totally tapped out of that world. I felt good to get a break. No stress on the Saturday. Felt good. Well, boys, I, I, I thought you tuned in when uh, when one of the other Florida teams was playing later that night. Yeah, Florida State had a cupcake game, so I, I didn't have to tune into that one. But uh, tuned into the Miami game, I fell asleep on it. Um, no. I'm actually cheering for Miami right now. I need Manny Diaz to keep this job, so yeah. <laughs> he, need, he needs some support right now. He's not a prime candidate to replace uh, Todd Grantham on your. No, 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 no way, man. These guys are old, wash. We need some fresh minds, man. I think that's a problem. Keep recycling these old DCs with old football philosophies. I can see it. Former, former Dan Mullen defensive coordinator. That's right. Well, both are still employed. That's so. up by like two old coaches. Like, I don't like the way Butch Davis grabbed his arm. He can't coach for me. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, son. I don't like that. My grandfather did that to me when I was a young kid, I'm sure. Um, all right, boys, let's get into the uh, to the show. I uh, have a guest from Rivals.com, but Silk, as always, uh, shout out our friend uh, Greg Brunt. Shout out to the greatest insurance company of all time, the great folks at Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, my man Greg can take care of you. Visit him at bruntinsurance.com or give him a call at 954-589-2204. Home, auto, life insurance, renter's insurance, business insurance, uh, renter's insurance. Anything you may need insured, my man Greg got you. Bruntinsurance.com. Yeah. Yep. All right, boys. We have a game this weekend against the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs. The Gators came off of a victory last season uh, over Georgia. And if you looked at Nick's Twitter timeline the other day, uh, this has been a seesaw battle of three wins in a row for, what, about 12 years in a row, Nick? Uh, So if you're looking at those seesaw battles, uh, this is Florida's chance to win for the next two. Wouldn't that be a pleasant surprise? Yeah, since, uh, what, 2008, Florida and Georgia have gone every three years. Three-year winning streak back and forth. So Florida got the win uh, last year, which means, hey, you've got two more years of Florida wins coming right up. Coming right up. Uh, currently, if you look at the stats, uh, Georgia is outscoring their opponents on the season 38.4 to 6.6. 
Uh, UGA leads the country and, of course, the SEC in defense. Uh, the Gators are uh, beating their opponents on average 34.4 uh, to 21.1. So uh, I don't think the concern is necessarily can Florida or do they have the ability to potentially put up points uh, I think it. I think that that's certainly the case that they can put up points, but it matters how many. Uh, considering that Georgia is only averaging less than a touchdown per game, uh, guys, uh, how do you think the Gators need to score um, on on Saturday? Because that's really the only way that the Gators can can beat Georgia. Uh, when you think about it, I think we'll have to live uh, a lot on like broken down plays. Um, mm-hmm. I think we have to be balanced in, in, in what we do, uh, running pass. Georgia's a very good defense, uh, one of the best defense we've seen in, in, a, in a little while here. I don't think they face a lot of great offenses either, but it's a lot of talent on that side of the ball. And I think Kirby and, and Muschamp doing a good job of coaching those guys up and scheming. Uh, I just think um, whoever's that quarterback's going to have to make some things happen with their legs uh, for us to move sticks in, in, in some tough situations, man. But I just think we got to be balanced. I ain't going to say run or pass. I think I'll do a little bit of both. Maybe, Nick? maybe for maybe hope Georgia forgets to cover the running backs again. Um, I, I don't know where looking at Georgia's defense, I don't know where you look and say, well, Florida has an advantage there. Georgia leads the SEC in run defense, pass defense, total defense, scoring defense. They've let up the least amount of plays of 10, 20, 30, and 40 yards in the league. Um, so I mean, I, I had like a face when Corey was like. You know, you have to rely on broken plays. And I'm like, that's that's a rough game plan to go into a game with. Like, hope they make a bunch of mistakes. I mean, that's what you um, do with guys that athlete like Anthony Richardson, though, right? Yeah. It's a lot yeah, of plays like guys like him, Cam, Tebow. Those guys are going to make plays yeah. that you just can't draw up. Yeah, Florida's backup quarterback can make plays like that. You're right. <laughs> um, my backup quarterback. <laughs> um, I, I just – I honestly don't know. And, and I'm, I'm – I don't know that our guest um, to break, who's coming on to break down Georgia um, will have those answers for us either. Um, Georgia, I think the most impressive thing to me is that Georgia came into this year with such hot sky high expectations. And it was, you know, we laughed about it and we didn't agree with it. And it's starting to look right. It was Alabama and Georgia and everyone else in the SEC in Georgia, despite that, despite the outside noise and the expectations and the pressure has remained laser focused in every game. It doesn't matter if they're playing Vanderbilt, beat them six to two, nothing. It doesn't matter if you're playing a bad South Carolina team, boat race them. Um, and you don't need any, you know, motivation to get up for Florida, even a four and three Florida. This, this Georgia team has remained laser focused in their goal. Every quarter, every drive of the season. Um, mm-hmm. and, and now you're sitting here looking at this game thinking, well, hopefully they drop their focus. Like, I, I, I don't know where Florida's advantage, if there is any, um, comes in this game. Maybe the punter. Mm-hmm. I don't know any year we've had an advantage in this game, um, to be honest with you. Not in a long um, time, yeah. Right? Um, this game is always a little tricky. And I think, like, Dan Mullen, I think we play down in some competition sometimes. This is just going to be a game they're going to be up for, and he's going to be up for. Uh, does it yeah. matter? I don't know. It may not. Georgia may just be one of them years where Georgia's just a great team, and it don't matter, but – I expect our team to be up that day and ready to play like their best game because that's been the trend. Big games are up, and then we get caught sleeping on teams we should be. Wouldn't be surprised if, if Florida shows up for this game and loses by one 
And uh, Dan says, we just ran out of time. Just needed one more drive. But we had more yards. <laughs> I don't think you're going to have more yards in Georgia. I don't know about room. I, don't, I, I, I don't know if I agree 100%. But I, I, I do want to ask that question uh, to our guest, Anthony Dasher from Ravels.com. But before we do that, let's give a shout-out to our friends over at Home Field Apparel. Visit them at homefieldapparel.com. I uh, use promo code uh, S or Stadium and Gale and get 15% off your order. Uh, it's fall, it's hoodie weather time, it's sweater weather time. Uh, it's almost the Christmas holidays, as you guys know. I start to celebrate in basically July. Uh, visit homefieldapparel.com, use promo code Stadium, best, most comfortable hoodies and t shirts that you're going to find. All vintage logos, more Gator logos coming out, a lot more apparel coming out. Uh, absolutely incredible product. Visit homefield.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale for 15% off. And let's bring Anthony Dasher from Rivals.com. Anthony, absolute pleasure uh, for you to join us this evening and talk a little Florida, Georgia. Hey, guys. My pleasure. Well, Anthony, uh, if you look at the all-time series, uh, Georgia's beating Florida 52-44-2 to uh, per Florida, 53-44-2 uh, yeah. per Georgia. Um, want to talk that's, a little that's bit? That's my of- favorite part of the rivalry that the schools can't even agree how many times they've played. That's and they always me, mention that in the pregame notes too. That's always kind of humorous to me. And what yeah. is the the first game? So, but the the first game in the rivalry was acknowledged in 1915. When where's the missing game? Who I want to say wasn't around World War Two. Wasn't around. I'm not 100 percent sure to be quite honest yeah. with you. Um, I think the discrepancy was over. If uh, one of the I can I can't remember honestly. Oh, one of okay. the two teams was not uh, did not field a true college just, team at the time. I so, just but I, found it. Yeah, it's yeah. in 1904. Oh, okay. University of Georgia already <laughs> claiming one, things. Uh, before Florida was a school, uh, it was known as Florida Agriculture College uh, at the time. So I guess the Florida's UAA does not count that. Anyway, enough of my babbling about history from 120 years ago. Uh, um, Anthony, talk to us a little bit um, about Georgia. Is this one of the more most dominant teams that you've covered? Or, or give us kind of your, your midseason review on, on Georgia of what we already don't know. Well, I'll say from a defensive perspective, you know, I've been covering Georgia for over 20 years, and just from that standpoint, I'll, I'll say this may be the best Georgia defense that I've seen you know, during that time just based on you know, what they have with this front seven going on with that right now with Jordan Davis and, and Jalen Carter and Devontae White. Uh, and these are three of the good tackles they've had in a long, long time, and I'm going back to, to Marcus Stroud and uh, Richard Seymour, some guys uh, who I know you fellas are familiar you know, with as well, and uh, and just the whole team, the whole defense, just playing just very good football. It's a lot of experience, a lot of a lot of speed. Uh, Nicobe Dean, uh, you know, looking the secondary, they got Darian Darian Kendrick came over from Clemson. You know, Lewis Seen's an All SEC player. She's got a lot of talent this year, a lot of depth. It's just one of those years where everything just kind of all come together in a positive way at one time. I just mentioned it um, right before we, we brought you on. To me, one of the most impressive things is Georgia obviously came in with a, a ton of expectations and, mm-hmm. and and people thought that they could be, you know, it was Alabama, Georgia, and everyone else. To me, the most impressive thing is just the laser focus that Georgia has had. It's so easy to, you know, Vanderbilt's coming. Not a big game. Don't worry about it. You go out and boat race Vanderbilt. It just seems that they haven't let 
their attention to detail or their focus have any lapse at all in the season. You've obviously watched closer. Has that been the case? Uh, no, no question about it. And it actually is kind of a unusual for a Georgia team, if to be quite honest about it. I mean, Georgia's had some very good teams before, but there's always been like one game, you know, where they inexplicably, you know, don't show up, don't play, play well and wind up losing the game they should have won. I mean, you can, Go back during Kirby Smart tenure here. That's been the case uh, in a number of those uh, seasons. But this year, just like you said, it's a very focused team. It's a very mature team. Uh, got some great leaders on this year's squad, and they are. I think they're really focused uh, on that on the prize this year. You know, can they get it? You know, we'll see. But right now, this is a very experienced team, a very confident team, and uh, one that has some 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 big big goals ahead. We'll just have to see if they're able to accomplish them. I think our, I think our, some of our fans might hear that and go, "Well, he's, you're still waiting on that one game." Uh, it would be, it would be nice to have that one game Saturday. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, but uh, you know, I'm not. I, I certainly don't think George is going to overlook Florida. That's not going to, that's not going to happen. We we're talking to the Jordan Davis today, and Jordan, you know, it's kind of cliche, but it's really, I think, it summarizes the feelings uh, for the Bulldogs. You know, both teams could be zero and seven going into this contest. And I think it's still me just as important because this is. Such a huge rivalry. I think if you were to poll your average Georgia fan asking what the biggest rivalry for the for the program is, Florida's going to pop up number one, I think, nine out of ten times. You know, and that's over Georgia Tech, over Auburn, over, you know, whoever. Just, just, just a special game, a special rivalry, and the players recognize that. Of course, it helps that Kirby Smart's a former Georgia player. kind of helps uh, helps prod that along maybe a little bit. But all these, all these players know how big this game is, especially, you know, since Florida won this game last year. Uh, Anthony, uh, Anthony, Anthony, real quick. I got I, before you came on. I was talking to these guys about the X factor in the game. What, what, what I think Florida needs to do to win. I think Anthony Richardson needs to go crazy. Uh, I think he's talented enough and uh, could cause some the, the, the Georgia defense some problems mm-hmm. um, on some broken down plays. What is your scouting report? What do you What do you fear from the Gators' offense, if anything? Well, it starts with those two quarterbacks. In fact, uh, you know, they can make things happen with the legs, just like you're you're saying. Uh, Georgia hasn't really, you know, faced that kind of QB yet this year. I mean, they thought they were, you know, the first game of the year with, with Clemson, but that didn't work out, you no, know, quite like the Tigers had hoped. And and uh, I guess the closest thing Georgia has seen, you know, to that kind of quarterback, you know, that kind of, you know, talent from a running perspective is, is Bo Nix at Auburn. And Georgia was able to shut him down pretty good. But, but Florida's going to come at him with, uh, two kind of a two prong attack, and and those guys, uh, you know, nobody has slowed them down yet. To be honest with you, for what I've seen, you know, anyway, you know, I, I do wonder. People ask me all the time, well, how can how can a team successfully attack this Georgia defense? One thing we have have not seen uh, to date, if, if like, what will happen if a team is able to pass pro, and uh, you start seeing a, a quarterback start hitting some quick slants, some some quick quick passes uh, to try to try to keep the sec- get the secondary on itself, get these linebackers. On the heels, that might you know might be a way to for teams to look moving forward, but but no doubt that Georgia, you know, I think is facing offense this year that you know again could could be the best offense they've seen to date, and I, that's that's my opinion. That's probably going to be the case. Anthony has uh, Kirby Smart. I almost called him Mark Rick. Jesus, Kirby Smart <laughs> talked about uh, the difference between potentially preparing for Emory Jones versus Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of you know optical. Uh, you know, optics around it right now, but has there been any uh, discussion uh, publicly about it? 
Not really. I think they're going to look at both of these guys in, in, a, in, a, in a similar vein. I mean, they, 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 they know that both guys have good arms. They can run the ball. Then they're going to attack, you know, similar, similar ways. There may be some little, you know, nuances. Each quarterback does differently. But I don't think you're going to see Georgia really change things up dramatically defensively depending on who's in the ball game. They're going, they're going to play them both pretty much, I think, the same way. This should, it should be. Go ahead. Right, so. I don't. I don't think teams have been quarterback spying on Emory as of late. Um, I think that they think Emory can run, but I think he's a little less reluctant to run than um, Anthony would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they got a different. I think they're going to play those two players a little differently. Um, mm-hmm. They both have similar capabilities, but I think they, mm-hmm. their playing styles are different. Yeah, and you'll be interested to see if Georgia uses a spy. You know, it's something that we kind of talked about before the Auburn game that perhaps they would do that with somebody like Quay Walker, or perhaps even the Kobe Dean, but they did. They never did. But uh, you know, we, we'll see. I mean, that's something they you know they 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 certainly could do if they wanted. But uh, when they had this opportunity to to use a spy in a game against again a, a quarterback with you know similar talent, they declined to do so. Do you know who would mimic these guys in practice? Ah. Uh, my guess is uh, they'll probably use somebody like Brock Vandergriff, who's a you know five star they signed last year, but he can also run, he can move pretty good, you know as well. Not to the extent that uh, or fast as either one of those two guys, but they have some uh, players they could use to, I guess, emulate them uh, to a certain extent. But it's still not going to be anything like seeing the real thing in person. Right. And and who's starting at quarterback for Georgia on Saturday, or is that still unknown? Well, we're going to find out about that. Uh, Stetson Bennett has started the past three games for Georgia. There's uh, won three games. Has completed what I believe is 39 of 36 of 54 passes for 500 yards and five scores. Uh, but JT Daniels is is, is healthy now. Uh, JT has not played since the first quarter of the Vanderbilt game. Uh, uh, had a Grade One lat strain that's kept him out for the past month. Uh, last week he was finally able to start throwing without pain. And uh, he got some snaps today, I know, with the first team, uh, split, splitting those snaps up with Stetson. So I do think you're going to see JT play in this contest. Uh, Georgia wants to get him back at quarterback. Uh, that's been, that's the, been a, the, the, the number one debate with Bulldog fans right now is which quarterback, you know, can can make the offense as, as good as it possibly can be. And uh, a lot of them think that JT Daniels, just because of his arm strength, he's a guy who can really stretch the field from that capacity. Where on the other hand, Stetson Bennett's a guy who can hurt you with his legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I think you are going to see JT at some point in this ball game. Will he start? I, I, don't, I honestly don't know at this point in time, but I definitely look for him to play. Yep, yep. <laughs> this has been a, a wild few years of of Georgia quarterbacking. Uh, we had what a fourth stringer last season. A couple yeah. of years before that, it was uh, somebody that, that I think came off the bench too. Uh, or what Georgia played, what, three quarterbacks last year? Yeah, Fatoma, Georgia fans will tell you is that, that Fatoma Batal. I remember yeah, that that's three or four it. years yeah. ago. A guy who had never, I think, maybe taken two or three snaps in his whole career, and Mark Rick decided, him, decided to start him against Florida in that, in that contest, and that didn't go, go quite so well. Yeah, and then I think he probably had two or three snaps <laughs> in the rest of his career after that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he, played, he played locally down here at William T. Dwight, where I'm from. Yeah. He oh, was a good quarterback in high school, but he just never got it good in college. Um. Anthony, what uh, what quarterback do you, do you think if you if you were calling the shots for for Georgia would you go with in this game? Is it Stetson Bennett who's been on a, a bit of a roll and and gives you that X factor of being a, a bit more mobile, or is it JT Daniels, kind of the more the more proven guy, maybe the, the you know, bigger arm strength guy? Georgia fans will hate me for saying this, but I think Stetson Bennett might be a 
might be the, the way to go, at least early on. I mean, again, Steph has played some great football. He is not the, he's not the same quarterback as we saw last year in Jacksonville. I, mm. I, I, I could say that, you know, complete confidence. Again, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's 5'11", maybe 195. But uh, he, he's, he's, he's very good with the RPOs. And again, as I mentioned before, he can, he can hurt you with a run. Uh, if you're not paying attention, he'll, he'll pick up 25, 30 yards on you, as he's done twice this year. And uh, the players really, really respect Stetson. I mean, they play hard for him. Uh, but, again, I mean, I do think we're going to see JT Daniels at some point because they want to get him cranked up and, and uh, ready to go because they, you know, for us all said and done, they're going to need him uh, if they want to, you know, have the kind of year they're hoping for right now. It uh, It's interesting because you're undefeated, number one in the country, and but you're not playing the guy that you expected to be the starter. And, and now mm-hmm. that the guy who was expected to be the starter – is back and healthy. Well, what, what do you do? Is he Wally Pipped, or or do you do you put the guy no. who was going to be the starter back in? No, I don't think he's Wally Pipped. And like I said, I, I do think I think that you're going to start to see this week for Georgia. You know, JT being integrated back into the offense and and being that guy. But again, he has not played. It's been a month. I mean, is there a guarantee he can come in and just pick up where he left off and be you know completing seven percent of the passes? Or going against his Florida defense, he's going. You know, I'm sure Coach Grant's going to put all kind of try to put all kinds of pressure on him. Is he going to get rattled? Where if you have got again, as a, looking at a quarterback with uh, with stats, who's who's played with a lot of confidence. Uh, uh, I, I can't. I don't have the exact stats off the top of my head, but, but when he's blitzed, he's completed like almost 70 percent of his throws when being blitzed. Uh, and plays with extreme confidence from that standpoint. So that's a question that Kirby Smart has to answer uh, between now and uh, Saturday. Uh, Brent Cox, I think, been playing um, a little lackluster motor-wise, but mm-hmm. I think Georgia's a game he he's uh, waiting on. No doubt. Um, what are you expecting? What you're hearing uh, from your side about that? Well, I hadn't asked him specifically about about Britain yet, but but knowing Britain uh, a little bit like I do, uh, I know he's going to be you know plenty fired up for this contest and really want to show his old teammates you know the, what he's got and he's a he's the real deal. So I expect Brent to be ready to go in this contest. Uh, Anthony, I, I don't know if you're you're doing score predictions, things of that nature. If that's your if that's your mm-hmm. bag, especially early in the week. Uh, right now, Vegas looks anywhere between twelve and a half to about fourteen and a half uh, point favorites for for Georgia in this game. Um, what do you what do you think? What, what are some of the things that you're looking for, and, and what what does Georgia have to do well uh, for them to to beat the spread, or what does Florida need to do to to stay within that spread, or potentially? I'll beat Georgia this week. Well, Georgia starts with slowing down those quarterbacks, slowing down that Florida running game. And if that happens, then I think the, the game potentially, you know, could spread, could, you know, surpass uh, what the Vegas guys are saying. Uh, I've not been very good at predicting the games from the spread standpoint this year. Although Georgia, until last week against Kentucky, has covered every single game they played this year. And uh, Kentucky only covered when they scored like a touchdown, like two seconds left in the, in the, in the game. But uh, I, I think Georgia is going to you – know, I know the defense is excited about this when uh, Jordan Davis made that quite clear today. They're really looking forward to, to playing this Florida team. And Jordan in particular did not play in this contest last year. He's really excited about uh, the opportunity he's going to get against the Gators. And, uh, and, and we'll see. I mean, I think Georgia's offense is playing pretty well right now. They're getting a number of uh, injured wide receivers are going to be back for this game. So they'll be closer to full strength as, you know, as they've been all year long. Still not going to see George Pickens. Uh, I know Georgia fans have been, you know, praying that he's going to be back by this contest, but that's not going to happen. But you're still going to see them, uh, you know, get guys like Jermaine Burton, uh, Marcus Rosby, Jack Saint, who broke his ankle in the game here in Jacksonville last year, along with Arian Smith, who's uh, 
uh, track guy or had had run like a four three five was a great track track star you know down in down in the Tampa area. Uh, so they get healthy from that standpoint, and um, and otherwise they just need this defense to just to keep doing what it's been doing. I mean, they've really dominated the line of scrimmage uh, in all the games they played so far. Uh, 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 I know all you know Florida's uh, offensive line is uh, you know is is going to be a challenge for them, but I think it's one they're ready to to try to meet. What, here's something we were talking about, and, and uh, one of the Florida players brought up. He's a, a Penn State transfer, so he's never played in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, how did Georgia fans feel about taking the game out of Jacksonville? Uh, I, I know I've had a bunch of Georgia fans yeah. tell me that it's basically a home game for Florida because it's so much closer. Um, but I would love to see like a some kind of rotation of uh, Jacksonville, Athens, Gainesville, Jacksonville, and, and kind of you know like a four year window that's, rotation. There. That's just weird. Nick. That's a lot going that, on. That that I got that's a little bit weird to me because I'm, I'm more of a traditionalist, <laughs> I guess, from the standpoint of I've always that's all I've known is Georgia, Florida, and Jacksonville. But again, I get where I get where you're coming from, Nick, because that's 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 the uh, thought process that a lot of Georgia fans have right now. They they want the the game. I think uh, move. They want the opportunity to go uh, to Gainesville. No, that make. For those who have never been to Gainesville, Georgia fans, that is, they might be, you know, biting off a little more than they can chew with that. Because I've, I've been to some some Gator games down there a long, long time ago. I know how crazy, you know, it can get. But uh, oh, you know, pleasant down here, great vibes, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know, I, 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 you know, I'm like you. I've, I've heard maybe rotate, you know, you know, Athens and Gainesville, maybe Jacksonville or, or Jacksonville, Atlanta, the Benz. Uh, I, I don't know. That's something I know. Is still you know, a few years away. Uh, they still got some some years to go in this current contract. Uh, but uh, I don't know if, if they yeah, were ever to move it. That would just seem way. just seem seem weird to me if they were ever to move it. But you know, time times do change. Well, I think they're, they're, home in a way, be nice. they're under contract uh, till twenty twenty five, and I think there's four and a half million reasons yeah. as to why each AD would not want to make it a home and home. Selfishly, I've been to twelve of fourteen SEC <laughs> stadiums. And the way that the both teams do their bye week on the same week, I'm never getting to Athens until I get a new job, and I wouldn't mind seeing a game there. <laughs> yeah, 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 no doubt. Like I said, a lot of Georgia has feel that same way. I mean, I've been to every stadium in the in the in the conference now, except for A&M and Georgia, just because Georgia has not played over in College Station Station yet. But I, you know, I, I know the, the recruiting is brought up a lot, and. Uh, you know, fans not will say, well, this hurts. Recruits, not being able to have yeah. recruits at Yeah, NCAA games. will not allow you to, to talk to recruits at, at neutral site games. You can, you know, obviously, you know that you can go to a game and sit in the stand, but that's it. And uh, fans will argue, well, man, this hurts Georgia recruiting, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how in the world do you say that? I mean, how, how can you claim that Georgia recruiting has been, has been hurt? Yeah, I'm sure this is think, the reason you know, that Georgia's not recruiting. Well. Exactly. So I mean, that's, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. that's ridiculous to me. Yeah, I've we, seen a we huge need to use that excuse. Yeah. That's. <laughs> That's wild. I hear about recruiting, and, and I and I listen to it because Florida is not recruiting the way that Florida should. Sure. If I was covering Georgia and a Georgia fan was like, "This is why we're not recruiting well," I'd be like, "Listen, you need to hit the fans. road." There's a Georgia bunch of fans a bunch get mad at that, but yeah, a bunch of fan bases that complain about recruiting, and Alabama and Georgia are not one of the two that. Can. No, no, not 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 in this situation with a game in Jacksonville, and and I don't, and I'm not, you know, again, like you said earlier too, when people mentioned to say it's that Florida home game. No, I mean. Georgia does not bust the Jacksonville number one anymore. They fly. The stadium is, is half and half. So I, I, I just a lot of the things you hear about from from fans uh, on this side about why the game should be moved. I'm, I'm again, I'm I'm an old school traditionalist guy. I I just don't I just don't buy a lot of it. I like to see it stay like it is. Well, Anthony, yeah. we appreciate you uh, joining us today. Nick Silk, any other questions? Oh no, no, we're gonna just talk trash about them buying his back now. 
<laughs> I, I think you, you would be the first. Yeah, the, only, <laughs> the only thing that I struggle with is is I think of this rivalry, and you know, we call it Florida Georgia. You guys call it Georgia Florida. Um, I think my biggest thing is just wondering why you guys have to call it Georgia Florida when alphabetically Florida <laughs> comes first, or I mean, Army Navy, right? All the big rivalries are just alphabetical order. So just depends uh, on what chair you're sitting in. <laughs> I love it. Well, Anthony, uh, why don't you let everybody know where they can follow you on social media and where they can read yeah. uh, your wonderful coverage of, uh, of Georgia? Sure. Obviously, you start by following me, following us on uh, UGAsports.com and part of the Rivals Network. But on, on Twitter, it's Anthony Dasher One. And uh, sometimes I, I tend to get a little little snarky with, uh, you know, tweets, uh, you know, tweets at me sometimes. But hey, that's Same. part of the game. That's right. Well, maybe we can yeah. get snarky together. I got into beef with Duke's Mayo Bowl earlier this year, <laughs> not knowing that the Gators might be playing in that lovely bowl. Game. So here we find ourselves. So little did we know Florida would lose enough games that we would have a, a title sponsor for the podcast for bowl right. season. Thanks, Dan. My, my wife is still mad at me because I left my jar of mayonnaise at the at Charlotte for the Clemson game because the Duke's Mayo was handing out media gifts of you know jars of mayonnaise but i left mine up oh. in, the, in the press oh room. man you should have left where sure, it belongs make, in the trash can i'll make yeah. i'll make sure to bring my media gift home for you dan there you go not interested <laughs> but thanks nick <laughs> Anthony, thank you so much my friend all right guys take care have a good one all right boys the florida georgia game or the georgia you can't florida be traveling game. back home with mayo fan <laughs> I don't know. Thing, Nick, I'll just, if I really need it, I'll just go to the old Publix, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. TSA <laughs> will allow that. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. TSA might call, like, the feds on you. Like, oh, yeah, this guy is definitely a terrorist. No, they'd probably call me. They'd probably call a therapist. They're like, are you okay, sir? You really? You put, you put a, a jar of Dukes in your carry on? Like, what were you What were you trying to do? That's nuts to think that Nick, Nick thinks I can't just run up to the store and spend $4 on a jar of mayo. Nuts. Yeah, it's insane. Business is booming over here, Nick. Well, All right, boys. Stadium and Gale. We need to get Stadium and Gale credentials for that, and and you can get your own jar of mail. Nice. We, we can, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm already working on it, trying to get sideline passes, trying to be uh, the face of the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Don't know what that if, looks if like. They, if they do it like the you Outback Bowl does it. for a Mayo commercial. I sure do. <laughs> you know how the Outback Bowl. called Whitey growing up. What? <laughs> you know how the Outback Bowl has, like, the actual um, – Bloomin' Onion and Coconut Shrimp mascots yeah. on the field. Yeah. If if the Duke's Mayo Bowl has a Mayo costume, a, a mascot that runs around the sideline and Florida's in the game, yeah. you have to be <laughs> that mascot. I would love to be that mascot. I can dance. I can vibe. I can do it all. Oh, I, I also have no shame. You got mascot dance moves. That's a fact. Yeah. The Silk knows what, I have no shame. Nick, need? you do too. What do we need? We need Florida to go like we'll six and six. No, no, I think I think it's a little bit better than that. I think it's like a seven, seven and five, five, eight and four bowl. Yeah. All right, that's fine. You just, you just need a loss in Columbia, Missouri. That's that's uh, got seven and five written all over bro, it. We lose, that, that, that we we riding if we losing in, in, in any of them, them, them team the games left. We got to win the rest of the games, but Georgia, I'm, like the only I'm thing not, is at this point. Yeah. I'm not rooting against Florida. I'm rooting this, for Dan this coaching staff Mayo won't costume make it. in Charlotte. This coaching staff won't make it to Charlotte if they lose any of those last I four think games I will after have, Georgia. I will have a groundswell of support for Florida losing one of the games remaining that's not Georgia just to get Dan on the sideline in a Mayo costume. I don't know about a groundswell. I think you might get a couple of ripples in a puddle maybe, but not a groundswell. I'll get a spoonful of Mayo. That's what I'll get. Ooh. 
Um, speaking speaking of which, um, uh, Halloween is on Sunday, right? Yeah, nice. Sunday. Um, and we won't be recording obviously until after Halloween. So, are you guys doing the dress up thing for Halloween this year? I'm going to a, a masquerade party, so yeah, I'm Ooh. dressing up like masquerade vibes. That's fancy. That's yeah, that's fancy, that's the opposite, fancy huh? black tie vibes there. Yeah, 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 big man. Some uh, it's, it's an African masquerade party. I got invited to somebody's uh, renting the, the, the Kush house to do it, oh, and um, I got an invite, so I'm gonna go vibe and check it out. I have no That's idea what's about vibes. Yeah, Who's in charge vibes. of the kids? Uh, we leave. Well, I want. I want to bring the kids with me. They don't want to go. Um, they don't want to. They don't want to hang out in Orlando. I want, we want to bring them up with us, but they want to do kid shit. So, um, they'll probably stay with my mom. Five. Right. Me and the wife go up there and hang out. Um, I wasn't home last year, so we had to do the whole like bucket outside of the house thing, and yeah. then I get home from the Missouri game. Last like, year. Hey, last year. It's a COVID year, bro. Nobody, y'all still did. Well, well so that's what I was getting to. I don't, I don't know if one kid took all of the candy I left out. But when I got oh, home man. after the game, all the candy that was left out was gone. Um, a really sophisticated raccoon. That's, that's whoever, whoever. <laughs> that raccoon somebody, has diabetes now. <laughs> somebody enjoyed the candy. I don't know who it was. Somebody enjoyed it, and it wasn't me. Uh, this year, I'll be at the house, man in the door. Uh, giving candy to trick or treaters. Are you gonna dress up though, Nick? What's the question? <laughs> that was the question. No, you can't really give the whole story. Candy, doesn't even answer the question. So, who no, do we bring uh, on to the show? Jesus, I, I need not at least wear a mask, bro. Get a mask, man. You got candy out there, bro. Give him get the spirit. Yeah, come on. Well, you're accusing me of being a Georgia fan. Maybe I'll have like a Kirby Smart outfit to wear. Where you find like that? Just look like a doofus the whole time. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Nick um, gets a bowl cut. <laughs> just stares off longingly. Now I will. I am here for Dan Mullen doubling down and wearing a costume to his post game press conference. No, you can't Saturday. do that shit. No you more. Can't, no, I no, am. No. I'm here room, for baby. it. No, you I'm here for it. Princess I'm here Leia for it too. Like, I mean, at this point, yeah, go ahead and help a shark. Mm. That, that's, <laughs> that's, not, that's not it. No left shark costumes. So I uh this is the the first time I'm doing one of these costumes, but you know those like inflatable costumes that like is like something else, and then you have like the legs and then your body's like doing something different. I've got a uh a little man on a rocket ship taking off. So it's oh, going to be a wild, rocket it's going to be a wild little costume. I'm pumped for it. What so the hell made you get that? Like elaborate, sir. Uh, well, so uh, me and the, uh, me and the significant other were talking about um, what we're going to dress up as. There was a talk about Batman and Catwoman. There was talks about all sorts of things. Oh, that sounds like legit. Well, last week, actually during this show, she sent me, an Amazon link and right. I'm going to pull it up for you guys uh, for the internet. Um, this is amongst the most wildly uh, unique costumes that I've ever seen in my life. And we're going to Ybor city where uh, a, a lot of Halloween cool wild down there. There. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of tomfoolery yeah. goes on down there. I'm going to turn on here. Go. What does tomfoolery mean? Uh, craziness. I, I want to know how to derive. That looks crazy. Let me that see. looks crazy. That's nuts, right? I know this is an audio visual or an audio media, but check out YouTube if you want to see my costume. 
But don't worry, I'll put pictures on the timeline and all. Um, that'll be yeah, that my looks, Duke's that Mayo. Look, that um, looks. That looks. Looks like nuts. Why, why are you wearing that? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> why are you a rocket? <laughs> uh, uh, rocket man. Oh yeah, man, yeah. that's gonna be wild. Um, Have a blast, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right, boys. Well, let's get a quick shout out to our friends over at Game Time Sidekicks. Silk, I know you love your cups. I see one in the background. Nick, I know you do. I know that I do. I Silk, got a shirt, a shirt on. on. Baby. Hey, that's a real comfortable shirt, too, isn't it? Yeah, man. Real nice, man. Yeah. This time. So, <laughs> shout out uh, Game Time Sidekicks. Uh, use promo code STADIUM uh, for uh, 10% off of your order. Uh, vacuum sealed, just beautiful uh, stainless steel cups, beautiful designs, a bunch of college football teams. You can get some Stadium and Gale stuff on there as well. I've vacuum seal is key, man. Yeah, vacuum seal is key. Yeah, I've taken them out a number of places, and people have commented on oh, uh, the white that one. one. That was nice. Yeah, the white the white one that's etched uh, looks real, real clean. I've had people ask, you know, what Stadium and Gale is, but they've also said it's a super yeah, nice cup. Uh, you know, laser engraved and all that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful product. Uh, uh, go to gametimesidekicks.com. Uh, use promo code stadium, get yourself a discount and get yourself some, uh, a cup for the, the coffee, the cider, the mold wine, whatever you might need for the, the cooler weather that's coming up. Uh, but again, gametimesidekicks.com, use promo code stadium. All right, guys, I want to ask you a question um, about game planning. If you're an opposing coach, how do you game plan differently for Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson uh, if you're trying to prepare your defense? And, and what are some tendencies uh, that you would uh, point out to, to prepare your team? Or do you think that there's not really a difference and that's why? You know, no, I think just keep team. it generic. If, I, if I'm the D.C., I just keep it generic. I wouldn't, like, make it any different. Um, I think the players will watch film and, and, and kind of know the tendencies and uh, what guy want, will, will drop his head and run you over? What guy, what guy wants to run between the tackles? Um, what guy really wants to run the ball? So they'll have, like, the, the nuances of that. But I think you just coach your defense the same regardless of the two. And I think, well, we can do cap or no cap. Dan Mullen was asked today, he says, hey, it seems that you guys take more shots downfield with Anthony than Emery. And Dan said that's just because what the defense is doing. And then he says they kind of load the box more with Anthony. I think that goes to what you just said when you're talking about a more physical and even at times look, looks like a more willing runner than Emery. For sure. Um, For sure. So that could be cap or no cap with Dan saying that, but I think there, there's really not that much that separates them. Um, they're very similar. Jeff Scott, who's USF's head coach uh, was asked about that. And he said the same, said they're very similar. You don't really have to change much. It's not like, you know, when Emory Jones would come in when Kyle Trask was a starter, that's two completely different skill sets, two completely different quarterbacks. So, um, I think Emery uh, and Anthony are very similar. Maybe Anthony right now runs more physical. I think that he, that's just kind of his game plan, the way he's built physically. Um, and, and then, obviously, Florida's Dan Mullen's stance is that, you know, the offense can only respond to what the defense is doing. On the, on the deep passes thing, like, I also think like, we, we, the pass to, to, to Jacob Copeland, that touchdown was the last read. He went through all his reads to hit that. Mm-hmm. So I just think he's processing it faster. You know what I'm saying? So I think all that plays a, a factor into getting to some of them deep routes as well. Uh, if you go and get to the last one and that's a go route, um, if you get to it and you got to like tuck and run, it's about timing. Uh, I just think he's processing it faster as well. Yeah, no, I would agree uh, with Soak there that I think that he's processing it. 
uh, better. And I also think that he's had more opportunities because of the way that he throws the ball. I think that he, uh, not always, right? And he still makes a lot of freshman mistakes, but I feel like he has, as a percentage wise, thrown his receivers open more. And I right. think that he's been able to make that, that catch uh, catchable rather than, you know, trying to get that throw in exactly the spot where the receiver is going is at that exact moment, right? I, I think right. the difference that I've noticed between Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson is that Anthony Richardson seems to be a little bit more open to throwing the ball to to a receiver that's trying to get open compared to Emory Jones, which already seems to wait for that receiver to be open, which is why I see when you look at their interceptions, Anthony Jones or Anthony Richardson, pardon me, interceptions have been when he's, you know, been on a miscue on that. And Emory Jones's uh, interceptions or, you know, or incomplete passes have been because the ball is late getting to where it needs to be, right? So I think that that's the difference that you see. I agree. I I think you're going to see also there's a lot, like, I I can get more into it, but there's going to be a bunch of Anthony Richardson mistakes. Um, Like the last interception on the last off, the interception on the last offensive driving against LSU, that's a pass you, you don't make. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't take a sack there in that situation, but you take a sack before you throw, you know, an interception that leads to, you know, the game being over. Um, but the time to make those mistakes is now you're four and three. You're probably going to be four and four. Um, the time to make those mistakes for Anthony Richardson, the time for him to learn, to get that experience, to get that exposure is now make those mistakes right now, not in 2022 when you, have all of the goals of winning the SEC, winning the East, competing for a national championship. Let him go through those trials and tribulations now in in 2021 rather than next year. Because if you're in a situation in 2022 where he's not your starting quarterback, you've messed up. Anthony Richardson is going to be your starter in 2022. Throw him in there now and and let him go through those growing pains now. So, like, what are are we expecting? Uh, Who are we expecting to break the What I'm expecting – what I'm expecting, what I just said, are two completely different things. No, I, okay. So, what do you, what do you, what do you think happened Saturday? I'm expecting the exact same thing we've seen all year. You'll see Anthony Richardson on the third drive. He'll play a little bit if he gets oh, hot. Like he no. came versus LSU. Yeah, That's what I'm expecting. No, I, I'm going back to the green market. <laughs> I'm expecting. I'm expecting fully. I believe. Listen, and, and I'll, 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 I'll tell it like I see it. And, and when I think Dan Mullen's lying. In the press There's conference, no I'll say, I'll say, I think he's lying. When Dan Mullen says we're going to run, we're going to play, no we plan to play the same way that we've played all year. I believe it. Here's the difference, though. Here's the difference. Like that wasn't a quarterback rotation that ended the last game. That was a benching. Uh, or is just are we, are we, are we, that's a benching, bro. Like that has never happened in all these games we played. Where there was a time where. Uh, we're losing. We need to depend on this guy. And like, the only reason Emory came back in because there was a mishap with Anthony. I think he had an injury or something. He had to come but out. But if you listen to Dan Mullen, the best play of the game was that third and thirteen from Emory. Yeah, yeah, we know he's full of shit. But <laughs> in my opinion, there's no way you okay, end that game the way you, you can, the way you ended the last game. There's uh-huh. no way you could, you could break the the, the the huddle with anybody but Anthony Richardson um, to start this game. Just to get okay, like so- you can't. I think that's an opportunity here to, to get these guys amped up and riled up. You know what I'm saying? A spark, right? Um, this team is desperate for some real leadership. Like we could talk about all that leadership and th- these guys could tweet this and say their pressures, but there's there's a void there. 
Uh, Anthony Richardson gave, gave us a spark last game. The sidelines got some energy we haven't seen. We've been complaining about the energy since Kentucky game. We've just been looking flat. There's a different spark in this team ending that last game, even though we lost. You're right. The offense was hot. We were moving the ball. It was a different energy on that team. You can't, in a game like this, you're the underdogs, the number one team in the country. You can't break the huddle with, with, with the political move like that. I think you just got to do the right thing, the right thing to start in 15. Yeah, no, so, but your question to me was, what do you expect to see? I think we're yeah, both I expect to see 15. Page. No, I expect okay. to see 15. You can't okay, so this we're both on the same page. We're both on the same page in, in, in terms of what we think is best and what we think we would do. We're on different pages because I think Dan is going to be Dan, and he's going he's going to put every Jones no in. He's going to start. Way. No way. You're going to be back at the farmers market. I'm going to. I'm definitely. No, I'm not. I'm not going to go. I got to see. You know, I got to watch my guys play, but. Um, that's crazy. I don't see it happen. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, no, I, I think, um, oh gosh, I don't, I don't know if I've like well thought out to take enough. This is what I, I, Nick, I, I, I do agree. Yeah, how did, how did you not think of this take? Like, no, I think that no, I mean, I've obviously <laughs> asked the question. It. No, I've obviously thought about it, right? So, Nick, you have history on your side, right? Like, if you are a historical looking person, there's nothing that tells me Dan Mullen is willing to make this necessary quarterback change until his hand is absolutely forced. That's happened at nearly every single like quarterback controversy he's ever had going all the way back to Mississippi state. Right. Um, even potentially picking John Brantley over Cam Newton. Anyway. So, um, but I, I do agree with Silk and I think I'm going to err on Silk's side that there's so much wind and there's so much momentum behind Anthony Richardson that you almost have to, because you don't have anything really to lose. It's a national thing. Richardson, right. It's a national thing. Like there's guys are talking about this. Like, right. This is the biggest topic in, in, quarterbacks in college football right now for sure it's anthony richardson and why isn't he playing more especially now that he's starting to sign these big nil deals and everything else is anthony richardson is starting to become i wouldn't say he's a household name yet but he's definitely a a no name amongst people that watch college football so i think that that's what's going to force his hand being turned on on this one compared to history because i think that there's a much louder voice uh, of people saying, hey, it's his time. And Florida's four and three. You don't really have anything to lose. It's not to say that Emory won't play because I still think that he'll play in the game. But I do think you need oh, to give sure. Anthony Richardson the start. I just yeah, I, thought, I also think um, Spencer Rattler being benched and a lot of these other guys being benched. Um, uh, Clemson's quarterback, Yuma, Yuma whoever, however yeah. his last name. Uh, these guys are getting <laughs> benched. So I think that's, that's, a, that's the thing as well. It's happening around the country. And then people see the phenom um, in the wings a little bit. So I just think it's a lot of pressure. And I think the kid deserves to start, most importantly. Here's um here's something. Now you get later in the year, you probably worry about it a little bit less than, than before. Um, transfer portal is a real thing. Um, I talked to my guy Nelly about it. Andy Staples mentioned it. Um, Florida doesn't have quarterback depth. So if you made the move to Anthony Richardson ahead of the Alabama game, like we talked about, Emory Jones hits the transfer portal. I'll ask both of you guys who's the, who's Ant, who's Ant's backup if Emory Jones. I don't even think he does hit the portal. I think I think I think Dan pulls the same thing he did with uh, my man, the defensive man, just left Chatfield. Hey, it don't make sense for you to leave. Like Spencer Rattler haven't hit the, the, the portal. 
Um, we know he's gonna do, gonna leave at the end of the season. But I think it's the smart decision for these guys still, regardless if they're they're not starting, is to just uh, get the reps, the practice, still recruit, get themselves recruited on their quarterback. So I think regardless at this point, like Emory's not gonna hit the porter right now. No, yeah, no, I, that's what I'm saying. It gets I think less, the expectation less the, is the later you are. But the the expectation right. is is Excuse like me. four is gonna have to be on the market for a transfer quarterback next year, right? Whether it's a, a backup or a third stringer. You know, Carlos Del Rio, uh, Jalen Kitna. Oh, you got what you got. Man, what quarterback going to come sit behind this guy? I, I With Nick Evers coming in as well. Like, that, that's it. Don't. I don't even know. I'm, if you I'm not trying I think, to think I about think, next year already, but I'm worried about next year if something happens. No matter I'm not, man. Right. I, think, I, think, I, think, like, I think, like, Nick Evers is good enough for one of those kids that can come in and play early as a quarterback if something happens. Florida's had two SEC road. Florida's had two SEC road games. They took uh, Kitna to Kentucky. They took Del Rio to Baton Rouge. That to me tells me we're just keeping people happy. Hey, you want to go on a road trip? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could take You could take them both. Yeah. Um, it does. It, what it does tell me is that you're not confident in in either one of them. If you had no. a a legitimate third quarterback, you would be taking that person to all the away games. Well, there was a reason why Florida was going after Carson Beck, right? I mean, it, it it didn't work out in Florida. I mean, seemingly got a substantially better player in Anthony Richardson than Carson Beck. But that was the biggest reason that Florida was looking at two quarterbacks that year is because there was always going to be this question mark. After Felipe Franks and Kyle Trask, you have Anthony Richardson, but then you have a gap after that because – they skipped that year when um, I'm forgetting the kid that Jalen Jones, when he transferred, right? So Florida's get down, right? Whether you have a talent issue and you have a depth issue. Just say Jalen Jones was still here. Like, just say that body was there. He still wouldn't even matter, right? No, he no. was not good. No. He's not good. Where's that now? But I mean, but I, but I have to wonder, right? If even if you don't come to UF to, to, to start, is there somebody that, I mean, this is where we're talking hypotheticals here, but I think that Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson, one of them is not going to be on the roster next year, right? And while I think sure. that Nick Evers is good, you know, Carlos Del Rio, Jalen Kitna, and a true freshman, like, that's not what you want your quarterback room to look like. No slight to those guys. That's what they recruited, um, though. Like, well, yeah. Was, I mean, like, well, that's I mean, you could look at the offensive line, too. I mean, you look at the linebackers. He's a quarterback whisperer. It's a little bit different. That's his room, them, his guys. Well, the guy that he wanted them. since a sophomore year of high school is not uh, a guy that he's been whispering. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I don't, think you go, I don't think you'll get a Juco quarterback or none of that because I don't think you'll find any like thing better than uh, a Del Rio or Kitna that's going to come sit behind. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I get, I get Dan – a, I get a kid that realizes that have, both of them have been knocked out of every game this season. I, yeah, I get Dan wanting to have four, you know, solid. And you would have four even if, you know, I, I don't envision Emory and Anthony being on the roster next year. And I get Dan saying you probably want another guy for depth. But what kind of quality are you getting when, like, what quarterback is hitting the transfer portal to come and be Anthony Richardson's backup at Florida? Not a good quarterback, probably. He's probably terrible. <laughs> terrible. He's probably worse than, than Del Rio and Nick Edwards. They, they, yeah, they, they, the room is the room. I don't think they could add like a Juco. I don't think it's worth doing it. Well, we, we have the entire offseason to talk about uh, what I envision to be a lot of questions. Let's talk about this Georgia game. Depth. 
Let's talk about this Georgia game. So um, I, I think the biggest thing that, in my opinion, Florida needs to do, no matter who's playing quarterback, uh, is protect the quarterback. Uh, Emory, or pardon me, Anthony Richardson, all three of his interceptions uh, have been uh, when he's under pressure. Uh, and Emory Jones has thrown nine interception, and that's balanced between uh, being kept clean or, or throwing under pressure. And I think that, again, goes back to the way that they, they both throw. Uh, but I think if Anthony Richardson's your quarterback and the guy that you're going to – to run with, um, you know, he's substantially better. He's 17 for 25 when the pocket's clean. He's only three of 11 uh, when uh, he's under pressure. So uh, definitely something Florida needs to do if Anthony Richardson's going to play substantial amounts in this game. I just don't understand what's the upside of not playing Anthony Richardson as your starting quarterback and not even like 60-40 with Anthony getting 60% of the snaps. I don't understand what the upside is. He's the best player on our offense, man. You cannot take him off the field. He's the most explosive player. Uh, and he touches the ball every play. That's just an advantage for you. Um, I don't think Georgia's best player is going to be touching the ball every play on offense. You know what I'm saying? That's just a rare thing you can have in sports. Uh, I think even with – we got to speak to the imagination of, of Dan Mullen as a play call. It looked totally different with Anthony in the game. I think his play call has been stale with Emory all far, even sometimes with, with Anthony, but – seems to be like on purpose sometimes. But the, what we saw second half LSU going up and down that field was a lot of creativity and a lot of a lot of um, smoke and mirrors that, and scheming that we haven't seen this year. We've been seeing a lot of, a lot of like cookie cutter vanilla stuff. I think, yeah. I think, I think this kid can play, get, get deeper than playbook in the playbook than, than Emory. Oh yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, there's there's nothing that's that's telling me that he can't uh, be just as good at, at the things that Emory is good at. You know, running uh, some of these you know RPO things, whenever they they call those. Uh, but I do think that Anthony Richardson throws a different ball. I think that he makes a throws a more catchable ball, and I think that that's why he's had the success that he's had. And I think that if Florida wins this game, you're not going to win the game by being conservative. You know, Georgia is the best defense in college football no matter who they played it's who they've played right those are the points and those are the the yards that they've let up and you know the teams that Florida struggled with are teams that they blew out of the water um you know teams that you know traditionally have put up points a season didn't do that against Georgia so I think that Florida needs to be aggressive I think that they need to go for the big play every once in a while Florida's two touchdown underdogs, right? You have to go out and try to win this game. You're not just going to win this game by by dunking and and, and hoping for a, for a mistake. Mm. Uh, outside of quarterback, let's talk about another position. We've, we've been about, about an hour on, on quarterback uh, for a, a rightful discussion. Um, That's what it comes down to for yeah. me, man. We need yeah. some heroic quarterback play to win this game. Uh, who do you guys heroic. want to see? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Who do you guys want to see rushing the ball? I want six to get the most carries, man. Uh, like the way Naquan's toting that thing. Uh, I think all of them are playing well around the goal line. I would like to see that be – use these guys for what they've been good at all fall. So, we get goal line carries. I don't mind six to keep it, but Damian Pierce got a next to find the end zone. So, um, but majority of the carries, let's let six to get busy. I guess if I'm saying, you know, <clears throat> next year starts now with Anthony, you know, same thing with, with Naquan. I think, you know, uh, it's probably done, done past trying to look for Bowman to get carries. So 
Naquan, six and twenty-seven. Naquan and Pierce. Yeah, no, I, got mean, I, I would agree. I mean, I, I've wanted more Naquan uh, all season. Uh, I, I just think that he's your most explosive uh, potential home run threat. I totally get why Damian Pierce gets the ball. Uh, and I and I get why Malik Davis gets the ball. I, I especially get why Damian Pierce gets the ball um, near the end zone, and that's why he has you know more touchdowns running the ball than anybody else on our team does combined. But uh, I'll say this: I think that when you're playing a team like Georgia, you need difference makers and you need playmakers, and I think you need uh, somebody that can can shake and wiggle their way down the field and not just do the power run. I just don't know if I trust Florida's offensive line against Georgia's defensive line for, for obvious reasons and the ability to, to create those holes and, and gash up the middle like a, a Damian Pierce might do. I, I don't know if that works uh, in this game. So I think you need to get the, the ball in space. I think that you're going to see a lot of uh, different types of plays. I think you're going to see some end arounds. I think you're going to see some bubble screens. I think you're going to see some short slants. Whatever it is, Florida's going to try to get beyond George's defensive line, uh, which is a, a big, uh, you know, plus in George's column against George's or against, pardon me, against Florida's offensive line. I mean, George's entire front seven, like yeah, they're, they're on defense. They're all going to be playing on Sunday for a while. Um, you got to try to probably, you know, it, it, this might be a big game for Dan Mullen, who liked uh, touting, you know, total yards and time of possession in the loss to Kentucky. Um, I think you're going to probably have to try to sustain drives, make Georgia's defense, if you can, make Georgia's defense play 80 plays on Saturday and see if they get tired. Um, they haven't shown a chink in the armor. They haven't shown a weakness yet. Um, that's going to be a, a huge task for the, the offensive coaching staff. I will say, and, and we've said it a bunch, listen, I think Silk said it earlier, this is the kind of game that Dan Mullen will show up for. Um, they Dan Mullen has shown the ability that even when they're counted out, I mean, I probably had him pegged to lose by 25 last year in the SEC championship game. And he shows up and has a great game plan. This is the kind of game where you would think like, hey, Dan has the wherewithal and the ability to come up with a game plan and keep the game close, which I think probably makes people even more frustrated. Like, is this almost a lose-lose situation for Mullen? Like, if you lose by one or even win the game, is is the thought that, well, why didn't you do that against Kentucky? And why didn't you do that against LSU? And if you do that against Kentucky and LSU, are we talking about a whole different, you know, outcome for Florida's season? Um, and then if you – obviously, if you lose by a bunch to your rival, people are going to be pissed about that. So we're gonna say how come regardless, man. Um, I, and I think this team is I think Dan's an awesome scheme, but I think this team is talented. I think we've seen this team we, we've seen what this team can be. Um that makes it defense so can show up when you lay eggs. Right. Right. So they could put it together. You know, I'm just like kind of chiming into what you were saying. They they can put it together. Um, we've seen them kind of put together halves at a time. Um we haven't seen play a whole sixty yet. Right, right. I haven't um, seen we want to talk about the defense a, little bit? a long time. It's been a while. Um, it's been a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about defense. Uh, it, obviously, we we talked a little bit about it with uh, with Anthony from Rivals.com there about Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels. Uh, or JT Daniel, pardon me. Uh, Stetson Bennett uh, did play a bit against Florida last year. Came in uh, as their what second reliever um, after. 
Yeah, I think it was their second, yeah, their second quarter, third quarterback uh, last game. Uh, obviously wasn't prepared as much as he is now. Uh, doing quite well uh, on the season. If you look at the the stats, he um, is is doing like very well. Uh, all things considered, let me just pull it up here. Uh, on the season, Stetson Bennett is 57 of 82, uh, almost a 70% completion rating, uh, 1,000 yards, 12.8 or 12.6, pardon me, yards uh, per attempt, 11 touchdowns to just two interceptions. Uh, so obviously substantially better than last year. Uh, JT Daniels is obviously a guy that had uh, preseason hype for uh, the Heisman Trophy. Who do you guys think Georgia goes with? Do they go with the the more proven JT Daniels, the guy that was a five star coming out of college, or do they go with the uh, the hot hand and sets in Bennett? What really what really helped Florida last year is they were able to make Georgia one dimensional, um, and Georgia got Georgia got up early last year, um, and, and I think I was thinking, oh, here we go. Um, they were able to stop and stifle Georgia's running attack, and, and then force you know at the time then Stetson Bennett to try to win it with his arm. I think that's got to be the game plan. And it's probably the game plan every week, but that's got to be the game plan against Georgia. If you're going to beat them, you have to get into a situation where you can make them one dimensional. Well, we figured out the counter. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be running. <laughs> I'd be running. That'd be the first play. Let's see if they figured it out. First play of the game counter. Um, nope. Haven't figured it out. Keep it, keep it going. Run that back turbo. Um, that's gotta be the game. plan. If you can stop the run and, and Ty Grantham was pretty adamant tonight. Speaking of the media, he said that, you know, he thought Florida was playing great defense. Um, I think held Bama to their least amount of yards in like 30 games, held Kentucky the lowest yards and point or lowest yards that they'd had against Florida since since he and Dan had been in town. And then obviously just a complete whiff uh, in Baton Rouge, but have him playing, you know, to his standard, to his, in his opinion, have been playing great football up until that point. You've got to be able to just – Make Stetson Bennett beat you with his arm Saturday. If you can get to that, then I can see Florida um, pulling off an upset. But if you're going to let Georgia run the ball on you um, and then Stetson Bennett kind of just, you know, pick and choose his spots and and find receivers open, um, you're going to be in for a long afternoon. Hmm. Um, I'm going to be watching my defensive tackles a lot this game. Um, If we we get some pressure and those guys, the veteran guys that we have and – in there, Valentino and yeah, the transfer in Newkirk and, and, and Gravon. If those, if those guys could get something going in, in, in the middle and we could, like you said, stifle the run game, then, then all, all bets are off. But we just haven't shown that we can stop the run game or even tackle. So it, like, it's not a whole lot of encouragement when, when we think about like what we got to do to win this game. It's going to be stop the run, um, cover the flats, basic football stuff that we haven't been able to do. Um, Yet this fall, man. So I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not excited about defense, bro. Um, yeah, hopefully um, those guys can surprise me. Uh, third and Grantham is still going to be a thing. I'm not going to be comfortable on third down because um, just don't feel safe with them guys back there, bro. Yeah, uh, right now Georgia has. Uh, three running backs that they primarily run. I guess four, pardon me, James Cook, Donald Cook's little brother, uh, 6.3 yards per, per carry. He's been there uh, like a decade. Uh, so do I. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I remember when we were recruiting him years ago, eons ago, uh, Kenny McIntosh, 4.4 yards on 38 rushes, or pardon me, 29 rushes, 38 snaps on the season. Zamir White, who I feel like has been there forever too, he has 4.8 yards of carry. And then uh, Kendall Milton, who – 
also feels like he's been there for a while is averaging 4.9. So these guys are going to get yards. They're going to chunk yards. They have uh, 14 uh, touchdowns on the season. They do have a couple of fumbles, uh, a couple of, or pardon me, five fumbles, a couple of which were by Stetson Bennett. So uh, they are a bit prone to turning over the ball at running back Kendall Milton and Zamir White. Are uh, your running backs that each have one each, and then um, Stetson Bennett, and then Carson Beck had one as well. So um, Georgia does have a lot of chunk plays, uh, 43 yards uh, rushing, pardon me, 43 rushing yard plays uh, of over 10 yards. Uh, so really move the ball well uh, when it comes to uh, their rushing attack. And then you guys can't, uh, you know, dismiss uh, their wide receivers. Uh, Brock Bowers, uh, the the freshman phenom tight end, 450 yards on the season, averaging almost 18 yards a carry. That to me is, is something that I wanted to talk about. That to me is a worry uh, because I don't know if Florida has the, the coverage ability uh, to, to be able to, to guard a, a Brock Bowers and contain the, the running attack and also uh, worry about some of these other guys that are on the outside. I know they don't. <laughs> I know they don't. Silk's defeated, man. No, the defense, I don't like, I, I just don't foresee yeah. like the defense. I hope they surprise me, but I don't think the yeah. defense is going to. Uh, I've been watching football a long time. They, when defenses are playing this bad, they don't just wake up on Saturday and like everything just fixed. Um, so I don't foresee that happening. Um, hopefully they can they, they can play a game where it's not like LSU and they're running the same play on us all game. So hopefully we can figure counters out, get us some stops and get us and give us opportunity to win this game. But we gotta we gotta be able to get stops, we gotta get turnovers as well. Um their defense is really good. We've been giving the ball away a bunch. Um we've just not been great in the in the, in the turnover margin. So we gotta flip that. A lot gotta happen right for us for us to win this game. Slow starts can't be one of them. So Dan Mullen with, with, with the quarterback situation, we just got to go with who's hot and not play games. So you're not buying what Ty Grantham is selling, saying that the defense is playing very well uh, prior to LSU? No, 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 whatsoever. No, that's um, just a, a, a dumb – that's a dumb thing to say, and I don't know why we always have to go back to, well, we were doing fine before we lost. It's like, well, that's not the point. You still lost. Right, and even if you look back at that, you played a not very good FAU team, a really bad USF game that got their first win against Temple, and God knows how long against a. It's been glaring signs, and then Vanderbilt, which might be one of the worst teams in the FBS. Right, so yes, your stats might have been inflated quite a bit, but you also have to look at the crappy people that you played, and you almost gave up what. 16 or 13 points to Vanderbilt uh, in the first half. You just got lucky on two missed field goals and a, a pass that was just slightly overthrown. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. What do you, what do you do about, uh, about trying to control Brock Bowers? With, uh, which, with, with which linebacker? Hey, I don't know. You tell us. Give me, guy which one I like. um, give me a hop. I'll take hop. You might not. You might get barbecued, but if I got to choose a guy, um, I, I've I've seen the the Georgia fans on social media trying to compare uh, Brock's season to to Kyle Pitts. I think it's totally different against an All SEC schedule uh, versus the teams that Georgia has played. Who has Georgia played? Hold on, I just looked this up. It's laughable. Uh, Clemson, which we thought was going to be good, then UAB, South that Carolina. Defense is legit, though. So if he did anything yeah. on Clemson's defense, then that's that's legit stuff. They you know Kyle, Kyle Pitts hasn't dropped a pass in like two years in the game? 
He just dropped like one against uh, the Dolphins last week. It's incorrect. Did he not? I thought that's what the tweet no. said. Anyway, Brock Bowers. Uh, Please be live too, Nick. Yeah, Nick it's, it's on the internet. It's good. He had six for <laughs> forty-three against. He had six for forty-three against Clemson. Three for one hundred and seven versus UAB. Uh, five fifty-three, four for sixty-nine, and two touchdowns against Vanderbilt. Uh, and then last week against Kentucky, balled out five for one hundred and one, two touchdowns. That's a, a welcome to the league game, kid. Um, I think he's a good player. I don't think Florida has anyone. Maybe Tyron Hopper is probably the best one uh, to put up against him, but I don't even like that matchup. Florida doesn't have a good matchup against him. Um, there's not going to be many teams in the country that do have a good matchup against a guy like him. And Bernie about lock that boy down, man. I don't think that's happening either. There's there's a oh, there's yeah, always right. surprises in this game, Nick. Sure. Oh, always sure. We, we've um, got to stay we've got to stay positive. Somewhat oh, no, I'm, I'm I'm extra positive. I, like I said, man, I think we're gonna pull this thing up. It's gonna take a miracle by my quarterback, man. It's gonna be a coming, you know, coming, coming, coming to the party. This is this is AR's big moment, big stage. Got a chance to upset the number one team in the country. It's been a weird year of upsets and wild and, and wild games, man. So I'm, I'm here for some shakeup. Dan, get in your bag and give me no shenanigans. Like I know you're I, listening. Yeah, I don't know if they, <laughs> Dan, I don't know if they listen. Dan anymore. Mullen, big, used, big Steve Miguel podcast they, listener. They Dan to, Mullen, they used to listen. The uh, <laughs> the, the comments and the messages and the texts have, have died down a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Oh, for hey, sure. Dan, if you're listening, hit me up. I got a I got a discount code for you on our merch site. Get a THWG shirt on me, Dan. Yeah, use promo code uh, SG at manscaped.com, Dan. Um, <laughs> all right, boys, let's get into the prize picks segment of our show. Uh, everybody's favorite, visit prizepicks.com, use promo code SG, get a dollar for dollar match all the way up to $100. Daily fantasy, uh, you can do really cool bets like I think that Stetson Bennett is going to throw for less than 200 yards and and Anthony Jones is going to, or Anthony Richardson, pardon me, is going to throw for, I don't know. You keep merging names all fall, I, I know, that's Nilk. all I do. Nilk, Nilk and, and Anthony, Anthony Jones. Jones. Anthony Jones. Um, so, who knows? However you want to take a look at it, visit pricepicks.com. I'm doing a terrible job of selling this ad. Uh, use promo code SG. Get a dollar for dollar match all the way up to $100. Uh, mix college football and NFL. Mix tennis and golf. Mix watching, streaming, uh, professional video game folks with uh, the WNBA. Who knows? Whatever. Uh, get your, your rocks off. Uh, prizepicks.com. Promo code SG. All right, boys. We've got a, a quarterback controversy that needs to be put on record. Buy or sell. Anthony Richardson starts the game and not just plays the first snap, but starts – and is your starting quarterback for the game on Saturday? He's my, he's my starting quarterback now. Because I'm not going to buy Dan Mullen's dumb, dumb, dumb answer of, well, the starting quarterbacks who's ever out there for the first play, we might run wishbone, right? Who's your real starting quarterback of that game? Nick? Yeah, buy or sell Anthony Richardson's your starting quarterback? Sell. Sell. Silk, I'm sorry, you bought? Yeah, yeah. Buying AR as a starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. All right, and sure. I'll bu- I'll buy that as well as we've talked about. Okay, buy or sell. Me, don't play with me, Daniel. Buy or sell, Daniel. Other than 
Yeah, the other Daniel. Uh, buy or sell then. So it's on you. Anthony Richardson plays more than 50% of the snaps in the game. Buy it. Sell. I will buy I will buy that as well. Buy or sell. Buy or sell. I know who your head coach is. So I'm I'm reacting accordingly. If 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 it, if it were me as the head coach, I would have bought both of them. But Dan Mullen's the head coach. He's the smartest man in the room, and he's gonna do what he's done all year. He's the smartest man in his head, that's for sure. All right, buy or <laughs> or buy or sell, which is fine, right? Like you have to be confident in yourself. And yeah, um, he's the one making seven and a half million dollars. I'm not making that. No, but all right. a part of being smart is also knowing that sometimes you're not the smartest person. Like. Right. He has yet right. to reach that level of enlightenment, Corey. Right. That's a that's a separate level of enlightenment. Yeah, right. that, that, that reggae fest with Dan. <laughs> that that would give you a different kind of, of enlightenment. That's right. That's right. I put him in touch with a few people. All right. Buy or sell. Anthony Richardson is your leading rusher in this game. Buy. Buy. Big buy. There you go. Sell. I'm going to sell this one. I'm going to go with a running back. I'm going to go with my boy, Naquan Wright, uh, with two big long runs. I think Anthony Richardson gets uh, more than 75 yards. Uh, buy or sell, the Gators score the most points against Georgia that they've allowed all season. Buy. That's two touchdowns. Oh, buy. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia's given up 13 twice, uh, and that's the most <laughs> they've given up. So I'll buy, I'll buy two touchdowns for Dan. Uh, he'll scheme up at least two. Yeah, Dan got to get these people on off balance, man. You know, um, this is a great defense, so you got to you got to give them some smoke and mirrors, make them think they're seeing some things that they ain't seeing, and trick them a little bit. You feel me? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a fun game, man. I'm excited for it, man. Just hopefully our defense come to get a few stops, so it could be, you know, what I'm saying uh, a showdown for both sides. Uh, Georgia's allowed. Uh, 13 points twice to South Carolina and Kentucky. I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy the Florida scores more than 14 points. Um, uh, yeah. About to win. <laughs> what you talking about? Woo! Uh, I'm trying to think of a way to put this. I'll come back to that. Uh, who uh, – make a, make a pick. Who's your leading receiver in terms of yards? Um, and then if you also want to do catches in this game uh, for the Florida Gators. Or unless you think it's the same person. Uh, give me Jacob Copeland. I like the chemistry of him and uh, my man AR. So um, give me Jacob Copeland. Um, I'll go with Copeland. Uh, Trent Winnemore not expected to play. Didn't break his ankle <clears throat> two weeks ago, um, but has a bad sprain. So uh, probably not going to play against Georgia. Not probably. He's not going to play. Um, so I'll go with Copeland. Um, my guy Shorter, who I picked to lead in receiving before the year started. And that's not, not going in my favor. Not looking good for me in that pick. So I'm going to go with Cope. Yeah, yeah like Shorter's on a milk carton. He got a touchdown last week on, on the Hail Mary halftime. Those shout out to that. But Yeah, he had a good game against LSU. I think he was the Gators' well, leader receiver in that game. Um, he had over 100 yards, I believe. Um, but uh, I, I'll go with Jacob Copeland just from a, a chemistry perspective. Uh, but if I'm going to go with somebody that might stick out uh, it might be somebody like a Kamora Gamble or, or a Keon Zipper that, that just doesn't, you know, is maybe a check down type of guy or maybe a guy that gets beyond 
those front seven, you know, I think that Georgia has good, you know, cornerbacks, good safety. They, they call a good defensive scheme. You know, it might be a uh, kind of your unsung guy uh, that that's just kind of open in the flats or open uh, just beyond, you know, 10, 12 yards uh, that might be open and get some big chunk plays uh, in that, uh, in that game. Uh, and then finally, let's get to uh, our prediction part of the show uh, before we get into some other news. Uh, Nick, give us a, a prediction of the final score of this game. Um, uh, I think Florida will keep it close. I think Florida will cover. I'm going to go 38-28. Okay. Right. Don't forget about it. I'm going to go uh, 31-28. Good guys, man. Gareth Paul to victory. Uh, you know, Silk said this months ago, maybe even last year, that he doesn't come on the show to predict losses. Uh, it's no, his no. job to be a fan, to show up every week, correct, uh, and to cheer for his team. I'm gonna do my um, job, man. That's all, I, that's all I'm here to do. And I love that energy. And uh, if it was any other game this year, in fact, every other game this year, I said that Florida was going to win. Um, They've not done so. They're four and three right now. Uh, so they've not listened to me, but I'm going to go with Florida loses this game. Close. I'm going to go 28-24 Gators lose. But I do think that the Gators can theoretically and – or not theoretically. I, I don't think it would take an act of God for Florida to beat this Georgia team. I think that Georgia's good. I think Georgia is very good. But I don't think that Georgia is this unbeatable force like maybe we've seen with Alabama in the past, where they have these like super prolific offenses and this incredible defense. Georgia's defense is very good. I don't think that they've played a lot of great offenses. I think that Florida is going to be their biggest offensive challenge. That if you rock Georgia back on their heels a little bit, I definitely think that that Florida has a chance to put up points and they have talent to be yeah, able to stop are, good teams, right? Um, you know, Florida did really, really well against Alabama, stopping them in the second half. I mean, obviously they got gashed uh, against LSU, but, you know, this is a team that has shown an ability to make stops when necessary. And, you know, who knows which team is going to show up on Saturday, and I hope it's a team that wants to be out there and play to win. And, and oh, win my Georgia goodness, season. man. I can't believe y'all predicting L's, bro. A lot of Anthony Richardson reaction, a lot of play action, bro. It's it's about dog. We got like it's about to go down. It's about to be a lot of football we haven't seen this fall, bro. Um, yeah, give, give me, give me, give me Florida, bro. I like us today. I like us. Um, we'll see what happens. Georgia is a very good team, new one team in the country. This is a weird game. It's a rivalry game, but I just think we, 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 it's a lot of football teams haven't seen from us. I think Dan. Has been shoving a lot from Anthony Richardson. I think this is the big game. He wanted to pull out a lot of his tricks and stunts. Um, I think we're just gonna see a lot of football that we haven't been seeing. Um, I like us to pull out some pull out some stuff and, and shock these people. Let's get up by a couple couple of scores and see what Bennett and these boys can do. Yeah. I think you'll be at the farmers market by halftime. No, farmers market over by one, so I can't can't oh, okay, by never halftime. Take that. All right, let's get into some other news. Unfortunately, we do have to talk about the, a loss of a Florida Gators commitment. Uh, Shamar James, uh, a rival of four-star 
um, the Gators' only true linebacker uh, in this <clears throat> class, uh, one of the top ten linebackers in the country, uh, did announce his decommitment last week. It is something that has been talked about uh, and uh, you know expected for a while now. Uh, the Gators now find themselves without a rival's 100 uh, talent. Um, it's unfortunate. And other unfortunate news, as we've talked about on the show about a year ago, I think it was last uh, Christmas time when we talked about it, but, you know, the Gators, you know, hit Dan Mullen, or uh, the NCAA, pardon me, hit Dan Mullen with a, a show cause penalty, which doesn't allow him to recruit this fall. Uh, that was brought up today in a, in a press conference uh, as well. So, you know, there might be some questions. Hey, where's Dan? Why isn't he out doing this? Why isn't he out doing that? You know, why are these coaches out and, and Dan Mullen sitting? at home i promise you he's not on vacation because he wants to be but he's on vacation because he has to be so nick tell us a little bit more about that show cause and uh what left does florida have to do with uh with that uh, penalty uh that they got from uh from 2000 and what 19 uh, recruit yeah that was um recruiting savelle saviel smalls who was a linebacker i think in the washington era uh, area savelle, um, yeah savelle um this is it. So Dan can't go out and recruiting. Um, Florida should have everything wrapped up by the end of December. They were supposed to be, he was supposed to be uh, serving that penalty last year, but obviously with COVID and coaches not being able to recruit on the road, the NCAA didn't just be like, Hey, well, you know, that's your year. You can't go out anyway. And that counts. So they pushed it back uh, to this year. So he'd actually have to serve out the penalty. Um, no telling if, if Dan enjoys it. Uh, Cause it means he doesn't have to go and recruit or if uh, it's actually, bothering him um but it uh it, it, it's it, it's not gonna hurt it's not gonna help florida you know not having the head coach being you know the head coach being able to, to go out and sit in the living room um it, it's certainly not going to help florida you know land recruits i don't know if it would have changed anything with with james um but it's uh it's something florida's having to deal with and listen um it's I think tough. this D, this decommit is more of Shamari kind of could read between the lines of Todd Grantham inspired. Well, I, here here's something with me too. So I was talking to somebody at Florida, and Shamar's game got changed from Friday to Thursday last week because there was a shooting at Lab Pebble Peebles Stadium um, the week before. So they moved the game to a different venue, and it had to move it up a week uh, or move it up a day from Friday to Thursday, and. Florida was uh, – I was talking to somebody at Florida, and he was like, somebody asked if we were going to go see Shamar. And they were like, no, the game got moved, so we're not going to go. And then I was like, well, Kirby and Nick are going to see him. And they're like, oh, so we should go? And I'm like, ship sail, brother. Like, he's already decommitting. They're like, he's not decommitting. And I was like, I shouldn't be telling you about what's happening right. in recruiting. It's not even my job to cover recruiting. Yeah. I shouldn't know more about you guys and, and what's going on in recruiting. So I think that – um, to me, it was kind of eye-opening to, you know, because I'm not really plugged in with recruiting, but that to me was eye-opening that, like, I shouldn't know more about what's going on with, with one of your commits than you do. And that, that speaks to the chemistry in the building more than anything, <laughs> because that will just be regular conversation that you're having about uh, what recruits had on, on a daily basis. So that, that's got to mm -hmm. speak to the overall work environment and chemistry in that building. I, I don't have any like sources of anything right. inside secrets, no shit like that. But that is regular conversations about the top guy on your board, um, knowing who's after him. I think everything regarding that guy should be top priority in a recruiting room. How are you not planning to go see that guy on a bye week? Right. 
your your top recruit, the, the number one guy you have left on the board. How do you not because because you know his defensive coordinator is going and you have to replace him regardless. So they kind of just holding up their tents a little bit on his recruitment. All right, because they yeah. go to that game. <laughs> you right? Like, let's say they did go to this game, right? He did decommit. Uh, it's it's on the horizon. But like, we all know he's heading to Georgia, Alabama. Like he's not going to come here. We don't even know who our defense um, coordinator is about to be. But while we talk about that decommit, Julian Humphrey just decommitted. Of course, live on the timeline. Every, oh, wow. There's no defensive commit that 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 you should feel good about right now. They like, won't have a defensive coordinator. We got a, a, a lame duck DC. Jeez. Wow, that's uh, good times. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was that was fast as commit. Positive podcast, and he was the the only one that was about as close to uh, the rivals 100 as uh, Shamar James was, right? So, mm-hmm. hmm. that's yeah, you uh, got a, you got a lame duck DC man. Um, that's just what it is. Your defensive boards is going to be all all thrown off the rest of the season. Um, this why you make this 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 move last year. Um, it's like, cause you just didn't, you just delayed the inevitable, right? Like eventually you're going to have to cross that road. Now we had that road. We got to get a new DC, um, get a whole new room. And then whatever recruits we have right now, um, they're going to be looking to both yeah. and find secure situations. Cause recruiting, recruiting right now, like people, anybody that's saying commit to a, the school players shouldn't be committing to coaches. That's like not reality. Right, that's it's just, it's just not, man. Like these kids are making million dollar decisions on and, and who they play for matters. What coach that coaches them matters. Um and, and a lot of other things matter. All right. So it's a big NIL world. So it's just so many factors in recruiting of just commit to a, a school and a degree. It's just not that world anymore. Um and when you start firing coaches, like same thing with a head coach. That people could, the, the crazy people out there like, oh, fire Dan Mullen. Bro, you fire him. Like, Anthony Richardson don't have to stay here. Like, go to wherever you want to go. Like, it's free agency. So he's like, he don't have to sit here and right. see who's the new head coach and if I like his offense. He could just field himself, uh, let the rest of the world recruit him, whoever may want him, and then make a decision. So it's just a different world, man. Everything got to be approached differently now. Yeah. And uh, it looks like Julian Humphrey is the the odds on favor to uh, the odds on favor. Pardon me for Julian Humphrey is Georgia. Uh, oh. Jules Montaner was just in Texas uh, just a couple of days ago to visit Julian Humphrey. Uh, so something has obviously changed. Uh, oh, obviously over time, but you know Florida felt worthwhile to to fly out there three days ago uh, just to see him. So uh, again. You know, signing day is a couple of months away. Well, not a couple. It's about six weeks away. Uh, but, uh, you know, that was a Rivals 100 guy uh, that Florida had. And, and now that he, he wasn't just a, a great corner, uh, he was also a, a, a guy with elite speed. And, and you you need speed on your team. And, yeah, that, that's, that sucks. I didn't want to talk about more bad news because I feel like that's what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. But it's reality. Uh, you know, Florida is in a, in a tough position. And, you know, there there's other commitments that that could potentially be on uh you know decommit watch, especially as we get closer. And it looks like Todd Grantham, you know, may not be here, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you can't say you want him fired and then also get upset when those that want to play for him or those that commit to him uh, leave, right? That that's just a, a casualty. That's a hard fact there. Yeah, yeah, that 
that's a casualty of the situation, right? I mean, you you have to look beyond that, and you're going to lose you know, good players. There's there's players that have connections to to coaches for scheme, and it might be a, a different scheme than you think that that Florida should run. But yeah, at the end of the day, you know, Florida loses their their two top rated commits in uh, just a couple of days. So hard reality for for Florida Gators recruiting right now. Tease with the tease. Well, I need a new DC. Um, I mean, this is this is part of the business, bro. I'm not like the kids doing what they got to do. Business decisions got to be made. It's just part of the process, man. You gotta, you know, what I'm saying sometimes you gotta share weight to, you know. Yep. You stay down before you come up. Yep. You gotta trim. You gotta trim down before you bulk back up. Speaking of trimming down and bulking back up, man. so bring us to I've the main skate down. I've seen bigger decommits. Oh yes. You break my heart, fam. Yeah. See, see. Speaking of seeing bigger things, so get us to our manscaped ad read and that's take a, a that, that's, that's that's a, a wild transition. Yeah, that was wild. That's um, what they call on TV uh, a segue. For sure. Um, clean as a whistle, ready to take off like a missile. <laughs> Shout out to the great folks at Manscaped, man, keeping me groomed and clean in these fall months. Ball deodorant. Lawn Mower 4.0, you know, the best of the best in grooming. Be sure to use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. I'm waiting on my new package to take care of my package, Dan. Where's that? Uh, I just got the in, uh, uh, information. Nick's shipped uh, late last week uh, and ours shipped today. Nice. I Mine get shipped first. Address for you. Yeah, you're shipped first, Nick. You should be getting it any moment now. Respect. And you are Harry Larry fan. Don't worry about me. Then they got the analytics about the usage of our lawnmower 4.0. Like this guy, Nick doesn't use this shit. Kind <laughs> of, <laughs> it's got, got Wi Fi enabled usage tracking. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't, I don't know about all that, but maybe in the lawnmower 5.0. But they got new body wash coming out, all sorts of new stuff. So check out manscaped.com. Uh, uh, promo code SG. My brother-in-law was about to grab some out of Target. Like we was in Target together. I seen him put something in the bar. I'm like, bro, get that out of your buggy, fam. Yeah. I say you 20% off. I had yeah. no idea Manscaped was in Target. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that either until about, about a year or so ago. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't make sense to buy it at Target when you can get 20% off. I don't think you can plug promo code SG in at the Target uh, checkout. No, not at the checkout. No, no, that's uh, right. But uh all right, boys. Silk, it is your song of the week. Take us out, my friend. I wasn't prepared. You think it's a new thing on the show, right? <laughs> new segment. Right, what am I listening to? Go, go to what I'm listening to these days. All right. Uh, well, uh, while Silk does that, check us out on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to us, Stadium and Gale, uh, on YouTube. Thank you so much for all the listens last week. Last week was one of our most listened to shows in a, in a long time. So thank you for sharing that and retweeting it, uh, posting on the message boards, all that kind of fun stuff. Remember our, our sponsors, Brunt Insurance. Uh, home field apparel, game time sidekicks, prize picks, and Manscaped. All the promo codes are out there. If you have any questions, you know, w- want to know any user stories about Nick's experience with any of those products, let us know. Uh, Silk will be more than happy to share with that as well. It's on the ticker uh, on our live stream uh, that you can find on YouTube. So, again, check us out on all of those places. Silk. Take us home, baby. All right, man. See you boys next week. Same corner, same time. I got a nice little jingle from Coffee. It's called Toast. Nice little jingle. Let that sizzle in your spirit. Coffee Coffee toast? Toast?
Her name's Coffee. The song's Toast. Coffee Toast. Very good. Yeah, for sure. Breakfast. 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 <laughs> Maybe a little brunch. <laughs> a little English breakfast. All right, boys. Same corner, same time next week. Already. Already. Yeah.